0: Welcome to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. In a troubled world, riddled with endless pursuits, we have a place of peace and rest in Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us in worshiping Him and following Him in a life transforming journey. Now, here's my friend Mark to introduce today's sermon.
1: Good morning, Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho welcomes you to a continuing message, free at last. Have you ever done something you're so embarrassed or ashamed about you don't want anyone to know it? Is there a blind side in your life that you fear that causes you to feel weak or fearful? Today we hear what Satan does to immobilize, neutralize, and destroy our faithfulness and fruitfulness we address the conflict that's going on within our bodies and spirits, our churches, because of sin. It's the power of God in Christ alone that our sin is forgiven and Satan has no hold or power over us. With a teachable spirit, let's listen and hear how God in Christ gives us strength and power to have victory over all evil.
0: This topic that is... Avoided a topic that is misunderstood, misused, and often avoided and hidden. Hey, you do you and I do me. That's the way we treat this. Hey, who are you to judge me? I know you, I know what you've done, I know where you come from. Don't tell me how to live my life. And without even knowing the fact that we fight against. The spiritual forces, not against flesh and blood, it gets the best of us. We avoid dealing with the reality of that sin that tries to strangle us. The, The devil, we know he is a thief. He is one that kills. One thing that he does, that he tries to do with us as believers is to render us fruitless, render us useless. Now that we found the king and life, and eternal life, he wants to say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to shut your mouth. Whether it's to the sin of your life and you're embarrassed and you can't say anything because, wow, you know your own weaknesses. So who are you to talk about Jesus? And at that point, he's rendered you useless. There's this battle. Life in Christ is not just a certainty of eternity. It is being fruitful And leading others to Jesus, that they may have eternal life as well. That is the maturity. That is the desire that Jesus has for each church. As he writes to the seven churches in Revelation 1, 2, and 3. It's that point of, I know you, I know your works. But you know what? You've left the love, or your first love. you got to return back to your first love. Go back and do those works of the beginning. When you first came to me, and as a child that is saved, he can't stop talking about Jesus. Now, when's the last time you talked about Jesus? And if you have not, what's the reason? Because we will be judged. You will be judged for as much as the Lord has given you in grace and faith, What have you done with the gifts you have received? And again, the biggest battle we have as the enemy tries to shut you down is your own personal fight with sin. We looked at what we call the problem of sin. To recognize it, to realize that many people walk around with this guilt and because of that guilt, they are ashamed or they're too exhausted to talk to anybody about their salvation. You may be a carnal Christian and Christ died for you and you are saved and born again. But you're struggling with that sin that keeps your life on the ground and you can't talk about Jesus because of that guilt. We looked at that last week, the legal guilt, you violated God's law. The fact that by the law of God, you have trespassed, you break one law, you've broken them all. We looked at the emotional gift and that's where the sin sucks the life out of you on that emotional side. Well, aside from this problem of the guilt and the emotional guilt, let's look at and realize the enemy and we call this the power of sin power of sin you can't take it lightly you can't play with it you can't you can't just say oh it's a little puppy i can deal with it to that thought keep that in mind in genesis chapter 4 verse 7 god himself talks to cain directly He knows what Cain is planning to do because he did not worship as he was commanded and taught by God, by his parents, exemplified by Abel. And now he's frustrated and the sin is beginning to germinate in his mind and he's about to do something about it. God says, listen, if you do well, will you not be accepted rhetorically? If you do well, of course, I'm going to accept your worship. I don't care about the fruits of the ground. That sin your mom and dad committed, that needs blood. And that blood of the lamb, that blood of the lamb is a prophecy of my son in the future. Obedience fulfills God's plan without him having to explain to you why he's asking you or commanding you to be obedient. You will be accepted if you do well. But if you do not do well, Sin is crouching at the door. Imagine that idea of that leopard, that tiger crawling through the high grass, and he is crouching, waiting for that moment. Its desire is contrary to you. Its desire is against you. Its desire is at war with your sin. Sin desires and plans out. That's the enemy, the demons and Satan. Their desire is to destroy you. But you must rule over it. He's not taking it away. He is not pulling you out of it. He's not rapturing you before the temptation. He says you must rule. I have given you that strength. Don't victimize yourself and pity yourself. Woe is me. I've sinned. Or woe is me. Here it comes again. No, you are called to rule over it, to have victory over it. that is what we're going after as fast as we can. Even growing up in Romania, I've heard stories about tigers and lions that were pets that Devour their own masters. Where well, here's a story of Waylon Pendergrass from Tampa, Florida, not too long ago. So this man decided to rob a house. He planned it out. But it so happened that he was drunk in his stupor. And that's his fight. And in his stupor and, and, and desire to get rich, as drunk as he was, he forced his way into a house. He ransacked it. He filled a suitcase with all the valuables that he discovered, and he made his way to the living room. In his stupor, he decided, hey, i got to cover my tracks. So he you know, found some gasoline in the garage, and he, he, he sprayed the house, and he lit it on fire. He made his way out the back door to go home. Thinking he was home free from that fire, he continued on to his house. When he got to his house, he saw three fire trucks trying to put out a fire because he had set fire to his own house, rubbing himself. That's that sin that we embrace and we think we can deal with it. And we, we actually are involved in making plans in trying to find our way in a blind fashion out of our own sin. What do you do? How do you fight that sin? And the power of sin that is so deceptive is that, Sin is not just limited to guilt, emotional, legal, If as if the guilt of sin weren't bad enough. Look at the weight of that guilt. What it does, it empowers or actually has the power to enslave you so that you cannot do what you really want. Look at John chapter 8 verse 31. Jesus is talking to the Jews that had believed in him. He's taken the lesson to a deeper level. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. In your notes, write this down. How do I know I am saved? How do I know I'm a Christian? My life tendency and my life habit is to desire God's word, his principles, and to be obedient to him. That desire turned into conviction, becoming a lifestyle. So if you abide in my word, if you live in my word, you are truly my disciples. But if you say one thing and live another, you are not God's child. Now, if you are in his word, you will know the truth that time spent in learning the word receiving the word trusting the word it becoming a conviction and now becoming a reality by living in it that word it says here you will know the truth and the truth will set you free not just the phrase we throw around not just the verse that we read oh i want to be free now no abiding living loving convicted and now i'm living through it now now you will be set free Remember, we are called to rule over that sin that is constantly challenging, attacking, circling you like a lion. You are to rule over it. You'll be set free from it. They answered him, Who are you talking to? We are the offspring of Abraham, and we have never been enslaved to anyone. They They were insulted. As many Christians are insulted when someone approaches them and says, Brother... I don't know if you should do this, say that, and live that way. Well, who are you to talk to me like that? They were insulted. We are the children of Abraham. We've never been enslaved. By the way, be very weary and careful if you recognize within yourself an unteachable spirit. If your first reaction to being touched in that soft spot of your heart of your weakness and sin if your first reaction is no not me be very careful that may lead or that may discover an unrepentant heart which may be an unsaved heart the softness of your heart the teachability of your heart is what the holy spirit does in his presence in your life so he's in there arguing with him What do you say to us that we will become free? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly. You know what that means. Pay attention. Look at me. What I'm saying now is real, unchangeable. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. What do you mean we're we're slave? We're free. He says, listen, you are a slave to that which draws you, captivates you, holds you. You know, we all know people, and this is real amongst us. Our schedules are always freed up for the things that we want to do. And we always find excuses for the things that we must do. God wants us to do, but we don't really want to do. Right? How many times have we heard people, well, I'm going here, I'm doing that, I'm doing the other. Oh, I can't come to church because that came up. We all have our 101 reasons why we cannot and will not go to church. And I'm not talking about church attendance as being a spiritual thing. I'm talking about the desire of the fellowship, the desire for the word, the desire for the, uh, the uh, surrender of our hearts in the Lord's presence. And not just church, but when we don't read God's word, when we don't listen to messages and sermons throughout the week, we're so busy doing all the other things because we are slaves to those things that we want to do. And I'll throw that out there. What's your idol? We all have idols. Some are this big, some are way up there. You'll never really want to admit that one up there that's so big, but you'll always actually listen more to the little one. What's your idol? Come on, think of Samson. He was called to be a judge, a deliverer, a leader of the people, bringing glory to God. What does he do instead? Every corner he is weighed down by that sin. He is detoured by the other desire. And then he's trapped in the claws of lust. He could have done so much. He was meant to fulfill God's law in deliverance of God's people. But he is killing philistines on one end and sinning on the other and telling his parents go get me that woman and i want the other woman there and i'm going to do this that he over here touching this and drinking that destroying his own life when he was called for so much more and if that doesn't ring a bell how about Achan? remember Achan? i'll remind you who Achan is Achan was part of the new generation born in the desert with a promise of a promised land, a Canaan. He is one that at one point he got to see not only God's provisions for food and water, he was able to hear Moses speak and to the rock and then hit the rock and see the water. He actually saw the River Jordan being parted, all of these things have been given to Achan. That God exists, God listens to His people, protects His people. Not only that, Achan walked around Jericho once every day for seven days and seven times on the last day. They're like we're losing our mind. They're the guys there with the swords and the arrows and the, and the lances, and we're walking. And all of a sudden, he saw Jericho fall down. He saw God, and yet he saw the shiny pretty little things that he could take and have for his family and he brought judgment and discipline upon god's people for touching what did not belong to him and what god said do not take that sin a sin in his case is not having the faith that god will provide and he will continue to provide and protect. The freedom that Jesus offers in these texts that we just read is something that only we can give up and bypass as we accept slavery to whatever sin. Look at Second 2 Peter 2.9. Peter says that these false teachers, and there's plenty of them today, they promise them freedom but they themselves are slaves of corruption. I was just listening yesterday morning, a talk show, talking about one of these preachers somewhere in the South, complaining that he, he, it's okay for him to wear expensive watches, and expensive cars, and airplanes. That's God's blessing upon his life, and the church should not worry about it. They themselves are slaves to corruption, preaching for notoriety, preaching for a budget, preaching for riches. And then Peter says, not only are they slaves of corruption, for whatever overcomes a person. I asked you, who's your idol? What's your idol? What's the sin you're dealing with? I know what mine is. For Whatever overcomes a person, to that he is enslaved. So write this down, important in your notes. One of the first steps of how we fight this sin in your life is by being honest and truthful with the reality of your enemy. You should know what your sin is that you're constantly fighting and at times being defeated, if not all the time. Be honest. And the one that we deal with are the ones that we always look to others to see, well, he's worse than me, so I must be okay. When we commit that sin... When we keep returning to that sin, we become a slave of that sin. Be aware, accept the reality of the power of this sin. It wants to be master. It wants to command to you what to do. You know how many people that either are fighting this thing we call a cigarette, And more or less, you go down to the bottom line. It's not the cigarette, but it's the what? The nicotine. They can't get rid of it. They say it's stronger than cocaine or anything else out there. It's the one thing that will find reasons, whether it's a cigarette or a cigar, and say, you know what? God understands. And before you judge me for smoking, I'm going to judge you for eating Big Macs. Guilty. So before we deal with that sin, we find reasons why we should not listen To what the Bible says. It says nothing in the Bible about thou shalt not smoke. It just says, do not be so easily entangled by these sins. I'm using that as an example. Because there's many people that do not smoke and they'll go to hell. And there's people that smoke and will go to heaven. Now we may laugh at it. But only the people dealing with it. Whether it's a cigarette or a bottle. Or how about gossip? We'll talk about, well, we're blessed in our family. May the Lord keep us that way. Of all the churches I've ministered to and served, this one knows how to pick that weed out of the garden so fast. But there's many people, that's their sin. They love to gossip. They love to trade in stories, and there's power in that kind of knowledge. Because I know things about you, and I know things about you. You're not going to do what? Ah, how about I? We know how to use those, and that is sin. Yeah, we touch on these things that can be smelled or seen, and we see people stumble and fall, and we say, oh, look at the drunkard. But the sins of the heart and the mind are more so damaging because they seem to be immune to anybody's uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 7, 14, but let's read through this just a little bit. We'll come to this chapter when we return back to Romans, but look at Paul's realization and struggle with the power of sin. All I'm trying to say to you is recognize how powerful it is so you could avoid it like nuclear reaction and radiation. Run away, stay away from it, feet at a distance because sin is so enticing and so innocent until it has its core Laws in your life, Romans 7:14 and on says, "For we know that the law is spiritual, things that are not seen, the character of the inward man. but I am flesh and I am sold on the sin, or I, I, I was born in sin, I deal with the genes of sin. That's the reality. For I do not understand my own actions. I'm losing my mind. I'm trying to figure out how to handle life, but I do things I don't want to do. What's wrong with me? He says. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, listen. This text is not given to you as an excuse. Oh, I'm with Paul, so I'll do whatever. Because you know what? That's the way I. No, that is an excuse. That that is the description of the man. That two things either he is not saved and he's a slave to sin he's going to hell or a man that is carnal and is not living in the spirit therefore he's disobedient to the word of god which says be filled with the spirit which by the way is another way of dealing with sin it's not necessarily hating and punching and fighting against it's embracing god so much in his word you don't have time to be overtaken by that sin so this text right here is not an excuse. It's a description of a man that is disobedient in a way to being filled with the Spirit. But still there's a battle even for the one that is holy like Paul. It's that powerful. Sin. Now if I do what I want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it's no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me for i know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh because of that sin i'm humbled humbled before god there's nothing for me to be proud about because i'm fighting the sin i was born with for i have the desire to do what is right but not the ability to carry it out 19 But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. And he throws his hands up and he's tired like I am and he says, Wretched man that I am! Who will deliver me from this body of death? Next phrase Praise be to God, Jesus.
1: Are we a captive to our own sin? Jesus Christ gives us power as forgiven loved children to truly repent, to act differently as new people in him. We can live a changed life only through the relationship Jesus has with us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for taking each of us right where we are as slaves to our own sin and corruption. By your grace and mercy, only you, Lord Jesus, can change us, mold us, challenge, and love us so deeply. As you forgive us, abide in us, and draw us near, we are blessed. You alone have the words of eternal life. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Scriptures for Life, a ministry of Trinity Evangelical Free Church in Boise, Idaho. For more information about our church, visit us online at TrinityEFCBoise.org or by phone 208-322-8801. Our church is located at 1777 North Allenbaugh Street in Boise. We'd love for you to join us for Sunday worship at 11 a.m. Join us next week at this time as we go through and apply God's Word on Scriptures for Life.